Bayman is a singer-songwriter based out of Nashville, Tennessee. I chatted with her about her EP she released back in 2018 called Thanksgiving. I've been impressed with not only her skillful playing, but also her songwriting ability. It's succinct and to the point. She writes great melodies as well as lyrics that genuinely explore topics. We chatted recently about her new album called Cycles. Well, the new album is called Cycles and it's out June 11th. And I was wondering if you could just tell us a, a little bit about the album in general. Sure. Um, well, I worked on this album with my friend Olivia Halley, who is the um, lead singer of a, a band called OPEP, kind of an indie-inspired folk band out of Melbourne, Australia. And I was seeking this a little bit more of a kind of raw sound, I guess, on this album and um, kind of going in a more indie direction, although you know, listening back, it's still completely me and like I'm very folk rooted. So it's more of like a a production direction than an, than an overwhelming sound, I would say. And um, it's a lot of songs and stories about my family on this record. I think it's a little bit more internal, uh, whereas Shame was maybe a little more external leaning with the songwriting um, subject matter. And, uh, yeah, we made the record over in Melbourne, Australia, and uh, it was mixed in Nashville by the amazing Shawnee Gandhi. And it's, um, yeah, nine originals and one cover of a Slade Cleaves Rod Picot song called Rust Belt Fields. Gotcha. So uh, how was the uh, album recorded? Well kind of a funny story so i i was between um festival dates in australia this is kind of how i figured out to make it work with liv who was living in melbourne at the time and she had already come over to nashville to do some pre-production um but i had this block of time and i i wanted to get into kind of her recording scene so that i could capture that sound i was seeking out um i wanted to do it in in the space that she normally uses with engineers she likes etc so we had this um, space booked and there was one studio that was kind of more suitable for um, recording uh, drums. It was like a bigger studio. And because of like a scheduling mix up, we ended up actually recording all the drums on the, we had to do all the drums in like one day because the studio wasn't available when we thought it was. (laughs) And so we actually went in there and I sat down with this amazing drummer named Bree Hartley. She's, just like she plays with a bunch of people in kind of the Americana scene in Melbourne and she's just so awesome. So I, I kind of played through the songs with her and talked to the feel and Liv and I kind of gave an idea of what the arrangement we were thinking. And then she just like recorded drums while I did like a scratch guitar and vocal. And those were kind of the backbones that we, that we built everything on. And that wasn't really the plan, but um, that's just how we had to make it work. And then we moved into this little warehouse studio and recorded everything else, guitars, vocals, fiddle, banjo, bass, um, piano. I don't know what else, whatever else we ended up putting on it. Right. So was, was it recorded before the shutdown or, or during it or how did that work out? Yeah, it was back in 2019. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, actually really grateful for that because I don't know how we would have I guess we would have had to do the whole thing remotely, but Liv and I, you know, I think it would have been impossible for us to be in the same space. Even still now it's, there's a big, um, border shutdown between the U S Australia. Um, and my husband is from 
New Zealand and um you know we haven't been able to see his family at all since 2019 so yeah yeah and they've had a lot less issues with COVID uh, probably connected to that those kind of decisions yeah I mean they've they've done really well um as a result but you know in order to make that to maintain that they've had to keep the border really really tight Interesting. Yeah, I've, I've been talking to, to musicians about um, the, the different ways albums have been made. A lot of remote stuff um, uh, towards the uh, uh, the stuff that's been recorded more recently has been um, uh, some people in the same yeah. room, but so complicated, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I um, have done some remote recording usually when people want like a fiddle track or something or a banjo. And it can work, it can work great, but... Um, to have that like ability to play around and experiment in the studio for me is really valuable. And especially when I, I like to be a little bit open-ended with kind of um, instrumentation ideas and just really see how things sound once they're in the mix and kind of, so being, being in person for me is, is really helpful, especially for kind of that, that playful mindset. Absolutely. So the song, uh, when you bloom is this really gorgeous song and there's a phrase that gets repeated. I, w- I want to be there when you bloom. And I, I listened to it a couple of times. I was trying to, to figure out maybe what there's, there's a backstory behind it. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I was just really intrigued by that song. And I was wondering if you could tell us about that one. Yeah, but I'd be happy to. So I, I wrote that song for my, my little sister. She, um, lives she she has been living in had been living in Nashville for several years. We both grew up in in Chicago, and um, she ended up moving here for a while. And we were just like we're super close, and I loved having you know family in town. It was kind of this really special thing where I could always call her, and you know f- for those random things that you don't want to call your friends for, like when you get locked out of your house and or your dog runs away or <laughs> whatever, and you know, she's, she's younger than me. So I always feel a bit protective of her. And, um, that line is kind of just about realizing that, you know, she, she has these kind of important moments in her life still coming up and that like, I I really want to be there for them. And, um, the song was written because she was considering, um, moving to Boulder, Colorado because she got, uh, she got super into rock climbing and then she ended up um, getting an offer from a, a PhD program out there. And it was just like her dream, you know, to live out in Colorado and be part of this like outdoorsy scene. And she's studying climate science. So I wrote that song kind of just in a moment of sadness that she was leaving town and that like our lives were going to be so far apart moving forward. So that's the backstory on that one. Gotcha. Yeah. And so did she end up moving out there and, and, and do that, that program? She did. Yeah. She did end up moving out there. Gotcha. So my, um, my song did not work to convince her to stay, but it's okay. <laughs> Little older sister guilting there. <laughs> yeah. Total, total older sister guilting. Uh, that's fun though. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of rock climbing out here in the West. You know, I live uh, kind of near, near uh, Lake Tahoe and, uh, it's kind of similar yes. to Colorado and a lot of rock climbers around here. I get that. Definitely. It's the place to be. So, uh, the, the jokes on me is, uh, is another really interesting song. And I was wondering if you could, uh, talk about that one a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, a song about 
internal cycles. You know, I, I was thinking about when I put the the reason I called the album cycles is I was thinking about the the different cycles that go on in each of the songs, and that's really that's one that's like a, a daily a daily cycle for me. The kind of ups and downs of uh, being an artist and and having ambitions and then kind of doubting yourself in like and hating yourself for your ambitions and like not really thinking that you should care or like, I don't know. It's just, it's just the whole thing. Like the whole like brain life, uh, the tumultuous brain life. And, um, that, that song I wrote when I was just feeling really down on myself for kind of putting all this pressure on things and then feeling like I was ruining positive things because of the pressure I was putting on them. And, um, but I, I like the song, so I guess it was worth it to write the song, <laughs> which is always the cycle. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not a professional musician, but, um, I, I, I do kind of empathize with you guys in, um, needing to create and then put that out in the world, but then also not wanting yeah. to, to feel narcissistic about it, but also needing to totally. promote yourself. There's this crazy balance that you guys must have to deal with. That seems really difficult. Yeah. I mean, I think most people deal with it in some way or another. I mean, I do think that there's like a extreme, a level of self-promotion that you have to do as an artist, which is annoying. I think you get, maybe you get more positive feedback too, though. So it's like by nature of your job, you know? And so I, I definitely don't think it's exclusive to artists or musicians. I think a lot of people deal with the same thing. It's interesting. I was going to um, ask you about the um, uh, no depression articles that you've been writing and uh, it kind of fits in with that theme as well, especially the most recent one that you wrote. But I was kind of interested in, on how that um, that whole thing started, um, uh, kind of came about. Uh, yeah, well, I just um, I do quite a bit of writing, actually, in general. Um, I do a lot of writing of like artist bios and um, telling people stories. It's kind of one of the jobs that I do. Uh, outside of performing music and for no depression um last i guess it was when i released um thanksgiving the this ep that i put out in 2018 um they were kind enough to make me their like artist of the month and part of that is that you write an essay for them um that they um publish like uh, you know just to like amplify your voice in that month as they're putting a spotlight on you so so I did that and I had a good relationship with the editor and um, when I was doing more writing, they have like an, uh, they had this kind of artist column that um, Issa Burke was writing for a while and interest in Scroggins. And so I talked to Stacy and um, she suggested that I, that I take that column over and uh, yeah, so I've been doing that ever since. And it's been really cool. I mean, definitely some really challenging work this year. Like I did a piece about like um, black musicians and, um, that was really like interesting kind of being on the journalistic side of that moment for the first time and navigating all of these like journalistic rules that I don't really, that I'm not really familiar with because I don't have a, you know, really like training as a journalist. So um, yeah, it's been a really, it's been a good job throughout this year as well as I haven't been able to perform as much, but I'm, I'm still going to keep doing it. I think I, I really enjoy 
writing for it. So cool. So um, you know, shows are starting to to, to start up again, and, and people are getting out there kind of slowly and whatnot. And um, actually, one of the articles you wrote had to deal with that that you you were totally shut down for a while, and things are coming back like super fast. So um, are you are you starting to book shows and starting to play shows and stuff like that? Yes, I actually just got back from my first tour. Um, I opened six shows for Molly Tuttle this past week, kind of in the D.C., mid-Atlantic area. And it was so (laughs) incredible. Um, And I crashed so hard. Like, I cannot believe it. It was just really interesting. Like, those first couple shows, I just was like, so euphoric over the moon and by the end of the tour I was like I am so out of shape emotionally like to to do such intense like uh to have these like such intense experiences with people and talk to so many people each night um like I I got home and I just slept for like 20 hours so I don't know (laughs) I don't know how it's gonna go I have so many shows coming up with the release of this album. So I'm just kind of bracing myself. Yeah, what a, what a weird deal. Yeah. I think, I wonder if the shutdown made it worse that, you know, you got to kind of out of those patterns and kind of forgot what it felt like. I think you know? it did because these, this is like, I felt like it was a much more extreme reaction than normal, <laughs> especially like the exhaustion afterwards. Cause it honestly, like it wasn't like, I've done a lot. This was like a great tour. It was not hard you know, like there were wonderful shows. Um, there was a tour manager. I was staying in hotels. Like there's, there was no reason for me to be that exhausted. It was just like, uh, just like being out of shape basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder too about the crowd. Um, because like, as a, as a fan, um, I'm, I'm waiting for my, my son's 12 and I'm waiting for him to get a second shot, uh, before I start heading back out to shows, uh, just to make sure yeah. everyone's safe. Um, but, I, you know, when I go back out, um, I feel like it'll be, you know, a, a big high for me as well. And I wonder if the crowd is feeding you guys a lot of energy that, you know, like a more extreme version. I don't know. That was definitely the case on this tour. Um, the first, the first show we played, it felt like people were just like so excited and a, a lot of people on this tour, you know, it was their first, their first outing to, to a show. So definitely really exciting and I, I definitely felt that energy from the crowd there was one show where like i <laughs> i had like a bug in my throat at the beginning of one song i started kind of coughing and i was like oh guys i'm so sorry like i don't have covid i'm vaccinated i swear <laughs> there's just like this moment where i was like oh god <laughs> so it's still there's still like this small underlying current of like is this okay is this okay you know but um in general, I think people are really stoked. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to, can't wait to get back out there for sure. So, um, if people want to, um, support you buy merch and, and, um, uh, the new album and all that kind of stuff, what, what's the best place for, uh, for them to look online for you? Yeah. Um, at my website, rachelbayman.com. Um, you can just, there's a link on the homepage or you can go to rachelbayman.com slash cycles. And that's my store where you can pre-order the record merch. Uh, t-shirts posters i have some really cool enamel mugs so yeah just check out my website basically awesome all right well thanks for uh thanks for connecting with me today i appreciate it thank you so much for having me on the show it's great to chat with you thanks for listening and don't forget to listen to the record also like and subscribe my show and tell a friend until next time everybody have a good one